Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Listening to Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now, here are your hosts Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 492 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. Episode 492 is a short topics episode, so thank you for tuning in for that. We're glad you're with us. And before we jump on into our topics for this week, let's go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. All right, so that means we're all here for a change, and uh, that's a good thing. We only have one more episode before our annual break, so we hope you'll tune in for the, uh, well, I don't know what we're calling it. It's a weekender slash year-end wrap-up kind of thing. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get down to announcements, but we've got some topics to cover, so let's go ahead and cover them, and we got a, we got a nice pre-made topic for us this time around, so that always helps when the news falls into our lap. And uh, we'll let Bill hit this one up. Sure. Yeah, this is the uh, Youth on the Air Camp 2023 application period opened. Applications are now being accepted for campers interested in attending the Youth on the Air Camp. Licensed amateur radio operator ages 15 through 25 who want to attend are encouraged to apply online at youthontheair.org. The camp is scheduled to take place July 16th through July 21st, 2023 at the Carleton University campus in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. For the best chance of being selected, an applicant should be uh, the application should be submitted by 2359 Zulu on January 15th, 2023. Campers will be selected by the working group and notified by February 1st. To encourage attendance from across the Americas, allocations for campers are being held open for various areas of North, Central, and South America. If countries do not use their allocation or should someone with an allocation decline acceptance, those positions will be filled from the remaining pool of applicants. As this will be an ongoing process, everyone will not receive notification of acceptance at the same time. Preference will be given to the first-time attendees. Applications will continue to be accepted through May 31st. For additional information, please contact Camp Director Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, at director at youthontheair.org. And, of course, that came from the press release. Utes on the air. So, very good. And, we, and we, even though this one's time-sensitive, it's, like, way out there. So, I think we got it covered this time. Yeah. <laughs> so, even if you're listening to this for, like, four months from now, probably still good. <laughs> All right. So, since this next one's about Montana and Bill lives in Montana, we'll have Cheryl read it. Uh, our next story is a ham on Montana PBS produced as part of a new certificate and documentary film program by students in the School of Journalism and the School of Visual and Media Arts at the University of Montana. The short film takes an in-depth look at the particular ways in which amateur radio enthusiasts remain active both locally and globally. Uh, and oh, this, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is Good all of that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Something yeah, happened there. Bad copies. So, so they'll be investigating. They'll be investigating the culture of Montana amateur radio operators or hams as they recount their admit, uh, excuse me, admir- admiration for the global amateur radio community. This niche hobby has produced long lasting friendships between radio enthusiasts around the globe and has been a pastime of choice for much of their lives. Nice of them to call it niche. I mean, niche. <laughs> is it really yeah, I actually niche? haven't i haven't actually seen the documentary but i, I just kind of like watched the very beginning uh like the first uh first minute or so just to see if the links and everything else worked and uh yeah i saw this uh um, email pass around from the montana guys uh talking about it and then uh and then jim wilson k5nd down, down in texas from uh of course the k2bsa uh, sent me a note too hey uh, somebody mentioned this to me check it out <laughs> so it uh, looks like a very well done documentary from the college so uh uh, I can't really claim anything else to it because I haven't watched it, but uh, it looks pretty interesting. It should be available because it is on PBS. Uh, it might be area restricted, but I, I don't know how that works for PBS in the U.S. I don't know how that works either. As a as a quick like flash topic, I saw something. I didn't put it in the notes, but I saw something about the fact that South Dakota was reissuing license plates, and that included amateur radio plates. I don't know if that means they've added them or if they're just going to be different. But there's something going hmm. on in South South Dakota regarding amateur radio license plates. So there you go. It's interesting. <laughs> it was yeah. It was kind of it was literally like a stub topic, and so that's how much credit and uh, <laughs> reporting we gave it. All right, and uh, wow, amateur radio wrapped up real quick. So <laughs> well, I guess we'll move on into open source. You know, it's funny we we spent all that time trying not to get any topics from the RSGB, but now that that feed is gone, there's like nothing. <laughs> i did look around i did but it was mostly local interest topics and stuff like that and i mean although the ham uh, documentary is kind of sort of montana ish it's just more generalized in the hobby so i thought at least it was slightly relevant uh, to our topic but (laughs) if people have news items or something like that that they want us to mention or talk about on the show they can always email us or you know send it to us on the socials Oh, yeah, absolutely. We love topic suggestions. So if you have any, please send them our way. And the next one here is a nice little short topic as well. So we'll have Cheryl hit this one because the next two uh, are definitely going to be Bill's and mine. So one, one more down, and uh, this this should be an easy one, assuming Bill didn't screw up the cut and paste this time. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I was just like, uh, what is that supposed to be? Okay, never mind. I'll just wing it on my own. So, <clears throat> okay, so our next story in the open source category is open source hub and it says open source hub was created to connect projects to people and ease code base onboarding maintainers can tag their projects to topics like education and social good so contributors can search select and quickly onboard to projects that matter most to them osh also offers a verified program for maintainers to have their projects highlighted on the website and within osh's communities Open Source Hub allows maintainers to provide con- uh, contribution, best practices, excuse me, support guidance, and interactive visual walkthroughs of their code base using Code C maps. With maps, understand how files are connected, see how a pull request fits into the larger architecture, and more. And that yeah. came from opensourcehub.io. I wonder if, yeah. you, are they going to charge eight bucks and they're going to have a bunch of uh, people impersonating <laughs> code bases and, and projects? And <laughs> it doesn't look like that so far. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I ran into a couple of other topics that kind of like sort of 
pointed this direction. And I kind of searched through our history to see if we'd ever mentioned this before. And I, I thought we did, but I couldn't find it in context of any of our show notes. So I figured I'd mention it again as kind of a source of of finding uh, open source projects. It could be more of a, you know, kind of a discovery area too to find things that, you know, are topic related uh, of projects that maybe are not necessarily out there in the repo and stuff like that. You know, kind of things we like looking for and finding. So, uh, so yeah, I just thought it was kind of an interesting, interesting discovery mechanism for open source software. That's cool. It's always a nice place to have a, a good repo, you know, sort of like an offline repo or a play or a clearinghouse of, of information. Always nice to find those centralized re- repos of information. So, all right. Very good. Well, we'll get, um, we'll get Bill to do this next one because it looks like it's uh long and wordy and. <laughs> Could could be a lot of cut, fraught cut with peril. So, <laughs> all right, we'll have you do it. Yeah, and this is a good open source topic for uh, the Utes as well. So, uh, keeping sort of a Ute theme for uh, for this one. Uh, this is Hack Clubs. Uh, Hack Club is a global community of thousands of high school makers, uh, where organizers, coders, hackers, painters, engineers, musicians, writers, volunteers. We make things. We want others to make things too. Hack clubs generally uh, typically meet for one and a half hours each week in high schools, maker spaces, community centers, uh, churches, and any other venue where teenagers can gather. As a club leader, you get members, mostly beginners, started on something to learn and create. Uh, then members work at their own pace, building websites, apps, and games and presenting them at the end. And uh, basically, this is like a tools kind of place to uh, kind of aggregate these hack clubs. This is a, you know, kind of an international, or I guess international, globally, yeah, international. And uh, they have tools there. Uh, so, yeah, they have a, uh, let's see, let's see, to get your club gro- go, yeah, to get your club going and growing. Uh, you can chat with hundreds of club leaders in our Slack community. You'll be invited to a space for hack club leaders to ask questions and chat and share projects and attend weekly live chats. Um, they have tools. Uh, we build tools such as Sprig that your members can use to, in, to make projects within meetings. Uh, built, built more of them with us. Build more, built more. That's interesting. That's definitely them. Uh, build more. Of them with us in our Slack community. Let's see. Uh, come prepared to every meeting with over a hundred workshops, three years worth that guide your club members through making fun and creative projects. So they have uh, some meeting content there for you if you know, you're you're getting your club together and started. Uh, they have amazing stickers for marketing your club shipped directly to you and your club members. Uh, they do have a nonprofit bank account. Uh, so they have a 501c3 status and restricted fund uh, with Hack Club Bank to fundraise, accept donations, and buy things. Uh, they do weekly events uh, from Hacks Nights to AMAs to weirder events. The Slack community has live events for leaders and members alike every week. Uh, they have a basket of free tools. We're always building new tools for leaders, such as Sprig. They must they must be mentioning Sprig a lot. Uh, we've also got free subscriptions to Figma Pro, Postman, and more for running a great club. And uh, they uh, say existing clubs are welcome. When an established CS clubs join, I'm assuming that's computer science clubs join, uh, they get all the Hack Club benefits, Zoom Pro, stickers, our Slack community workshops, the works. They're welcome to use the Hack Club name or keep their existing one. So this would be interesting for those uh, high schoolers that are already in like a little computer club or something like that. And maybe want to affiliate themselves with the uh, uh, international group that has a bunch of extra tools and resources for you to kind of get your club going, especially if uh, if you're a little stagnant in uh, content and stuff like that, don't really know where to start. This would be uh, an awesome tool for uh, for those uh, those youths 
in the high schools to uh, to build their clubs. So this looks this looks like a pretty good resource. And of course, the link to the club uh, hack club thing is in the show notes. All right, very good. The only problem I think is that you've broken the first rule of hack clubs. Yeah, yeah, I talked about it. Right, <laughs> so, first rule of hack club: don't talk about hack club. <laughs> that's all right. We can do that around here. Hopefully, we won't level any cities. All right, so <laughs> no making oh, soap. Was that a spoiler? I think that might have been. <laughs> How old is Fight Club now? I think uh, I'm out, I think I'm out of the woods on that one. So, oh, you think so? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> it's a 1999. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 23 years. I think I'm out of the woods on that one. Yeah, I think I can. You say, haven't seen it by yet, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next on the list we have Asahi Linux Alpha released, and Asahi for those who wonder means rising sun. So, so I don't know. If this actually has anything to do with Japan. It might be. Uh, Produced in Japan, I, I didn't read like that deeply into it, but here we go. From the release notes, we have, quote, We're really excited to finally take this step and start bringing Linux on App- Apple Silicon to everyone. Uh, that's read M1 chip. This is only the beginning and things will move even more quickly going forward. Keep in mind that this is still very early and an alpha release. It is intended for developers and power users. If you decide to install it, we hope you'll be able to help us out by filling, filing detailed bug reports and helping debug issues. That said, we welcome everyone to give it a try. Just expect things to be a bit rough. Behind the scenes, this release brings with it several future compatibility features. What this means is that users who install it will be able to keep up with all future improvements by simply upgrading their packages. No reinstalling necessary. End quote. And uh, this is based on Arch, of course. So, uh, <laughs> so from their <laughs> descriptive page, Asahi Linux is a project and community with the goal of porting Linux to Apple Silicon Macs, Red M1, starting with the 2020 M1 Mac Mini, MacBook Air, and MacBook Pro. Our goal is not to just make Linux run on these machines, but to polish it to the point where it can be used as a daily OS. Doing this requires a tremendous amount of work, as Apple Silicon is an entirely undocumented platform. In particular, we will be reverse engineering the Apple GPU architecture and developing an open source driver for it. Asahi Linux is developed by a thriving community of free and open source software developers. And I don't know exactly when this release was released, but LWN mentioned it in their in a November publication. So it's not super old. So it sounds interesting. It is available. It like runs inside of Mac OS using a script. So there's there's more to this, and um, since I actually have an M1 Mac Mini, I may be exploring this further, and if so, we might do a deeper dive into it. But for those with that particular hardware, this might be something you're interested in. So check it out. And a link to the article and Asahi Linux will be in the show notes. All right, so, so moving. So which version was this? Uh, Asahi Linux. Yeah, did they mention a version number? They didn't just, mention a version. They just said it was an alpha release. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, I was looking at the tagged releases and stuff like that. There's an RC 7.2 out there, and, uh, and that's based on kernel 6.1, and I think they're pushing out a 6.2 version as well that was just done 22 hours ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, All right. I think, uh, speaking of uh, kernel version 6, I uh, installed that in the, the latest updates to the repos in Pop! OS have mm-hmm. kernel six and it oh, really? seems to have fixed that uh hanging hang on shutdown thing so oh, interesting i'm running the xan mod so i'm i've been running six for a little bit yeah i just upgraded my pop os machine like yesterday i think and it uh it shut down for the first time <laughs> normally without without me pressing <laughs> yeah, yeah. that button <laughs> so that was kind of cool 
All right. So something to be said for the 6.0 kernel. All right. I, I guess they're up to what, 6.1, but it's the one in Pop! OS was 6.0 something. So Yeah, that's what I got. 6.0 as well. 6.0, 6.0.10, I think. Yeah, 6.0.10. I think it was 606 on Pop! OS, but whatever. All right, so moving on to Linux in the Hamshack topics, we're going to talk about something that's broken. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you got it to work. You can tell <laughs> us whether you got it to work after you read it. So I did. Okay. I did. I did. So here he is. Uh, we got a couple uh, items here. Uh, the first one is Cat Radio. So this is in case you're calling your cat. Uh, now, Cat Radio is a PC control software for radio receivers and transmitters with a simple and intuitive graphical interface. The main commands on the window, oh, sorry, <laughs> the main commands used on the radio are collected in a single window without the need to go find them on the device itself, often hidden in complicated menus with not very ergonomic keys and displays. It also allows full control of the radio without taking your eyes off the PC because, you know, you should never look at the radio. Uh, now a fundamental accessory and focal point in an amateur radio station. And, uh, yeah, you compile requirements are Hamlib uh, 4.5, and you uh, most likely will have to bring that down and compile it. You do need to uh, flag out the disable static for uh, your configure uh, execution. And uh, Ubuntu or Pop definitely needs, uh, you need to install libtool, libusb1.0, tash0-dev, sorry, and libreadline-dev. I can't say dot or dash today. I don't know what it is. Um, anyway, so if you do that, uh, I did get this working. I know Russ and I kind of played around with this uh, well, a little bit earlier in the week. And uh, we both gave up. <laughs> I think to some point <laughs> we were tr- both trying to get it working. And I finally, uh, I finally, uh, built everything, uh, on my box, uh, my spare little box, my little XPS 13, so I could plug in the, uh, the ICOM 703 to it directly. Cause I don't want to break anything on my working machine. And it, it did connect up fine, uh, with my IC 703. Uh, you can always tell cause it, you know, starts clicking the radio and then all of a sudden you can see the frequency readout. A couple of oddities with the 703, I noticed like it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't show the, uh, BVFO frequency. And I'm not sure if it's just something related to the radio itself or maybe that's a rig control thing because it does obviously use Hamlib to do all that stuff. And I'm, I don't use Hamlib for it regularly. So, uh, I'm not really familiar if that's a, a known thing or not, but, uh, it did, did seem to work. It did pop up and give you, uh, it's a, it's a, it reminds me of G rig if, uh, which we have talked about probably a long time ago. Um, it gives you a nice little interface. It's uh, written in cute, so it's uh, going to be all cutie and stuff like that. <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, yeah, and it exposes yeah, it exposes all the buttons for the bands, and then you know it gives you a little knob that you can dial and stuff like that. It's not a bad looking interface, uh, you know, and it's still fairly new. Uh, I think it's only like version two or something like that. No, sorry, one point three, one point three point zero. So it's still early in its lifespan, and as we know, a lot of these projects come from um, you know the need for the person to solve their own problems. So uh, you know your mileage may vary if you want to try this out. If you don't already have something you want to play with, uh, this is something definitely just to kind of, kind of look at and, and, and try. There is, uh, he does offer a couple of, uh, um, uh, executables or binaries, uh, for Windows and, and stuff like that. And there is a one there that says it works for Ubuntu, but I didn't have any success running it straight away. I think, did you, did, were you able to run that at all? No, I just did the build. Yeah. Yeah. I think you had to run the build too. 
because I think it's compiled with something different or it was missing some libraries and stuff like that. So anyway, it's much easier just to compile it from scratch. Um, and it's not terribly hard to compile, although you may have to do a little editing of the make file as, uh, as we did play around with. <laughs> so, um, yeah, your mileage may vary. So, uh, this would probably not be for, uh, the new user to try out. Um, uh, there was a, email in the Linux ham list that I, uh, I found this on and there was a lot of, a lot of just hate messages going back and forth. I can't see a download link and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, there's clearly a download link, you know, although it is in Italian. So <laughs> you may have to, uh, put your, uh, your Google filter on the, uh, on the website so you can see that it says, you know, downloads and GitHub source and stuff like that. But anyway, it's, it's totally available in GitHub. And uh, yeah, yeah, your mileage may vary. If uh, you want to try it out, yeah, try it out. Yeah, I think the thing we we saw from the Ubuntu download or maybe one of the original source downloads was that the Hamlib was built on the Windows DLLs. And so... Oh, yeah. So we just... Yeah, the repo. Right. You download so, the repo, you actually clone it. Yeah. <laughs> so we just... Uh, downloaded Hamlib and built that and then linked that into the build of cat radio. So that way you have native Hamlib and a link to, yeah, a link to the cat radio information, the GitHub repo and everything will be in the show notes, of course. So, so check it out if you like. Uh, I'll probably work with it again and see if I can get it to work since you, you finally got it to work. I should be able to do the same. So give it a, I'll give it a, it's shot. a challenge now, it, right? It is a challenge now. Yes. <laughs> All right. So the last story we have for tonight is I'm going to say this is Prevasat. Sounds, sounds like, sounds like some kind of drug. I know it sounds like something you take for cholesterol. Um, but anyway, Prevasat is a satellite trapping software for observing purposes. Very easy to use. It shows positions of artificial satellites in real time or manual mode. Prevasat is able to make predictions of their passes, predictions of MetOp and Cosmos SkyMed flares, ISS transits, and several other calculations. Prevasat implements the SGP4 model, revised in 2006, which uses the TLE orbital elements in order to calculate the geocentric position of artificial satellites. Prevasat so shows satellites in a world map view or in a sky map view and is able to calculate all passes of satellites for any location in the world. Prevasat is free software licensed under the GNU General Public License. And you can download it, sadly, from SourceForge. But, um, you know, they <laughs> that might be the first problem. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> so anyway. I did run this. I did you did you even get a chance to look at it? I did no? not get a chance to look at it. No. Yeah. Um, why why would why would someone want well, to use just, this instead of uh, G predict for for G predict? Yeah. You know, I I thought maybe just maybe this would be something different and neat and stuff like that. Um, I did. I mean, I was able to download it. Actually, technically, you don't have to download it. It's in the repo. So if you just app get install, at least in Pop! OS, it was available in the repo. So I'm assuming it's probably in the LTS repo. Um, your mileage may vary on this one as well. Uh, <laughs> I did get like several weird errors that I was not able to get out of. And then I thought it was still running and it clearly wasn't running. And then it started again. It looks like it could be pretty neat. Um, but I, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. 
because it it was not very happy. Something about a, a visual.txt file it was complaining about, and then I'm like, um, I had it download everything, and it's still not happy. But anyway, your mileage may vary. Try it out. Check it out. Um, it's in the repo, so you don't really. It doesn't. It's no effort to get it installed. Uh, if you're, uh, if you, at least if you're uh, in Ubuntu or, or Pop OS. Um, but yeah, gpredict. I think you know at least at least it doesn't error out like this one did. This one actually errored and, and core dumped on me. So, <laughs> all right. Well, it sounds like that might be a challenge too. If anyone wants to give it a try, you're certainly welcome to. So check out Previsat. A link to the information in the source forge will be in the show notes. All right, cool. That brings us down to the end of our short topics for tonight. So we do have a couple of announcements. I don't recall if there was any feedback. I will make sure that we get any feedback and wrap it up uh, on the next episode just to make sure sure we don't leave anything hanging before we uh, disappear for close to a month. So everyone buckle up for that. (laughs) Be like, ooh, I can go do my life. Um, So anyway... (laughs) Let's go ahead with a couple of uh, quick announcements. The The next episode is going to be our year-end wrap-up and weekender episode. So uh, because it's a year-ender, we like to invite listeners to join us. So if you are able to connect to Discord with a microphone, we would love to have you be part of the program. We'll we'll do the thing where we record off of Discord. I think we managed to, to hit that last year, so we should be able to do it again this year. And, uh, so we'll do, we'll do the show that way. I don't remember if we did mumble. Did we do mumble for the last one? I think we can, I think we can do both. Maybe there's, there's a weird issue there. Like, yeah. So I couldn't talk on mumble. I don't know. I don't know. I think we did it all in mumble last time. We just said, we'll just deal with it. I mean, technically I can record my side locally on top of that. So just so you have me separate and you'll have, everybody you can also record you separately. Okay, so yeah, we'll we'll have the audio streaming to to Discord like we usually do and have the chat in there. But if you want to participate, I guess we'll do that via Mumble. So make sure you have your Mumble client working and a microphone. If you would like to join us, we'd love to have you. So uh, get ready for that. We've given you a week's notice. So hopefully we'll have a few folks join us for the last show of the year. And then I'm going to kind of let Bill take this one a little bit. I have spun up a Minecraft server for Linux and the Hamshack community. People who listen to the show are welcome to join it for sure. Uh, however you join Minecraft servers, it is a uh, multiplayer. It'll be up, you know, full time. So you'll always have access to it. And are, is there any special thing since you're the Minecraft guru and I'm, I'm definitely a noob at this? Um, anything people should know about connecting? <laughs> yeah, to we the don't server? have any advanced. Yeah, we don't have any advanced, uh, advanced admin tools set up and stuff like that. So I mean, uh, you know, it's a play nice type server. <laughs> Don't, don't go down burning people's stuff down and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. If we have to implement a password for you people, um, you know, then it's too much. But no, uh, yeah, you just add the server into uh, into your client. It's we are running the one nineteen one dot nine one sorry one dot one nine dot two. So basically, the latest released. It is running a fabric server. Uh, so, uh, uh, there are some optimizations there for, uh, for some of the things we don't have everything quite, uh, all server side yet. So, uh, please feel free to connect up with uh, your one nineteen two client and, uh, yeah, you should be able to use any client side mods without a problem. And of course the, um, uh, it's minecraft.bluecows.com. Well, it, it is. B-L- and I also added it B-L- to, B-L- right. 
I, I added it to the oh, Linux okay. and the Hamtrak domain too. So you can go to minecraft.lhspodcast.info. That also works. Oh, okay. Cool. There you go. So both places. It's a, it's a 20 person server right now. So we'll see how it works. I don't, you know, I don't know how many people are interested in playing and stuff like that, but, uh, we're just in early game stuff right now. So, uh, I think we, we might have some iron. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely very new. It was literally spun up earlier today. So. <laughs> Um, but it yeah, is out yeah. there. No farms, nothing's built. Right. But if you're a player, we'd love to have you. Uh, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning as fast as I possibly can. Bill is like smoking me at every, every turn, but yeah, <laughs> it is what it is. So, all right. I think that's all I had for announcements. Uh, like I said, any feedback that we get will wrap up all on the last episode. So, uh, we'll, we'll get to that next week. And before we go on and get out of here, we'll bring Cheryl back in so she can do our new subscribers, supporters, and live show participants. Alrighty then. So this week we didn't have any new subscribers or Patreons, but we did have Jim, Moni, and Eric Wilkins join us on Facebook. We had at EastKYWarn and at KB9LXH join us on Twitter. There were no new people on YouTube. Our mailing list, Joe, KB9LXH, joined us. And no new people on Discord. And in our live chat, we had Winston, KD2WLL. And thanks, Winston, for showing up for the live show. We really appreciate that. And that actually brings us down to the end. So there's nowhere else to go from here except on about the rest of your day. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you, we will catch you for the next episode, our weekender and year-end wrap-up. And if you want to join us on Mumble, please do that. We'd love to have you. In the meantime, have a great week, and we'll catch you all for the next one. This has been episode number 492 of Linux in the Hamshack. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one 909 lhs show That's one 909 547-7469 Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Hedonism.